This morning I want to preach to you from the subject maternal instincts and wish everybody a happy Mother's Day. Maternal instincts. And I want to look at a short psalm, Psalm 131, to the end that we would daily set our hope firmly on God and not lose our confidence of his grace in Jesus Christ. Psalm 131. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Psalm 131 is one of the 15 songs of ascent that begin at Psalm 120. Songs that Israel sang on their way up to Jerusalem to celebrate the Lord and his great works with feasts, festivals, and fellowship. Jerusalem means city of peace. And its name points to the peace, the shalom, the well-being Israel had because God's glorious presence was in the temple. God was celebrated because of the redemption and righteousness he graciously gave to all who believed. Peace with God and the peace of God was their hope as worshipers looked in faith to Christ for salvation through the sacrificial system. Too often we miss the centrality of Jerusalem and the temple, but at this time it was truly the one and only place on earth where sinners could have communion with and be restored to the holy, holy, holy God. Jerusalem was the city of hope for every believer. Therefore, there is no mystery why Psalm 131 begins as it does. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. He and we should be humbled that we can actually carry all our sinful baggage and all our worries to the Lord, who in Christ takes that baggage to Calvary and removes the barriers between God and us and others. Paul said, Far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Moses was the humblest person on earth when he lived because he had a true friendship and a real access to the Lord. There were no barriers. The closer we are to the Lord, the humbler we become. The humility that comes from celebrating and fellowshipping with the Lord also affects your relationships with others. David goes on to say, my eyes are not raised too high. This is another way of saying, I don't look down on other people. All of us have sinned and fall short of God's glory. No one measures up or has the upper hand morally. We truly are all equal in terms of our spiritual depravity and bankruptcy outside of Christ. We are all infected. We got infected by doing 
what David here said he did not do. I do not occupy myself with things too great or too marvelous for me. In other words, David is saying, I limit myself to God's revealed will for me. It has been pointed out that prior to David's coronation, he refused to hurt Saul, God's anointed king, although he had opportunity and had been anointed as a better man than Saul. However, when enthroned, David did overstep God's boundary for him with Bathsheba and Uriah. We all, like David, have overstepped and have sought for things too great and too marvelous for us. It is at this point that David declares the path to secure us from pride and arrogance and autonomous thinking. But I have calmed, he says, and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. The word for calmed literally means smooth or even. We can say, I have ironed out all the rough areas in my soul. The word is intensive, which points to the effort you need to calm and quiet your soul in the midst of a storm. We are living in a chaotic season. We are confused about what's actually happening in our world. We are all being afflicted by this virus, even if we haven't been infected. I can only speak for myself, but given this psalm, I am not alone. Tomorrow would have been my mother's birthday, and she went to be with Jesus over 15 years ago. But there was something so comforting and encouraging about her presence, her embrace, and her ability to quiet my anxieties and worries with her words and prayers. Here, however, David says he has intensely sought and succeeded in calming his own soul and quieting his own anxieties, just like a mother calms and quiets her crying and discontented child. No matter how chaotic life becomes, and no matter what your gender may be, in Jesus Christ, you who believe have a maternal calling. The tenses in the beginning of verse 2 call for an intense effort in calming and quieting your disturbed and chaotic mind or soul in order to experience peace, contentment, and confidence in God. That's the goal of this psalm. Verse 3 tells us that we're called to hope in the Lord forever. The imagery used in this passage is meant to illustrate at least two things. A child well-fed and full, and thereby calmed and quieted by their mother's love and provision. A weaned child, no longer in need, but enjoying simply the love and the presence of their mother. It is amazing uh, to see how a baby, able to wake an entire household with their screams, can suddenly be calmed and quieted when their mother draws near to feed and hold them. We go crazy in a pandemic. We get panicky, nervous, worried, and sobered. 
If you have not felt any of that, you probably are a bit naive at best and presumptuous at worst. David was clearly going through some chaos prior to penning this psalm. He had to work to calm and quiet his soul. You also have this maternal calling. According to this psalm, when trouble hits, we're tempted in three ways. First, we want to rely on ourselves. This is pride, and it precedes a fall, and those who are proud get resisted by the only one who can really help us. Second, we want to find someone to blame. This is self-righteous and makes matters worse and does not solve any of the problem. Third, we try to put God on trial and think of ways we could have done better. This is faithless, foolish, and self-destructive. The answer to chaos, according to verse 3, is to persistently hope in the Lord, who alone can bring peace and quiet to your soul. Therefore, the question is, how do you calm and quiet your soul? How do you hope in the Lord? Because clearly the psalm is calling us to do something. It's calling us to calm and quiet our soul through hoping in the Lord. And I want to answer this question in three ways. Feeding on God's Word, calling on His name in worship and prayer, and spending time in the presence of His people. There are certainly other things, but these are primary given the imagery and context of the psalm. First, feeding on God's Word. This is a primary way to mother your soul and keep it calm and keep it quiet. There is nothing more necessary in calming a baby than to feed them well. It is the same with mothering your soul. You must feed on God's Word if you ever expect to experience a calm and a quiet soul in the midst of a storm. God's Word is powerful. It made the entire universe. And how foolish for us to believe that we can somehow navigate and exist and live without soaking in the truth. Find a regular time to feed on God's Word. It is essential. It is not an option. I have never in my life met anyone who did not have time to read the Bible. And if you believe that about yourself, you're lying to yourself. No one is that busy. People find time to watch television. They have time to read other books. They have time to go for walks. There's always something that can be sacrificed to spend some time reading God's Word and soaking in its truth. Why would God tell us to daily meditate on His Scripture if He knew that some of us were too busy to do that? Tied to reading is meditation, filling your mind with what you have read. Tell yourself what God has said. The prophet said, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. 
Mothers don't just feed and then leave their children. They love and embrace them. You need to soak in God's love as a child does with their mother. God's love is better than any mother's love. Can a woman forget her nursing child, the prophet said, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I, I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Second, praying the things you find in God's Word is a primary way to mother your soul and keep it calm and quiet. You can't read and meditate on God's Word without applying it to your life. The first step in application is prayer depending on the Lord to work into your life what He has declared in His Word. This humble reliance on the Spirit to work in you the desire and power to please God is how we mother our souls and keep them calm and quiet in the storm. Paul said, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The hymn writer wrote, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. It's encouraging uh, each Sunday when we meet and everyone who meets typically spends the time in prayer afterwards, and we can only encourage ourselves more with praying for one another and praying with one another. We meet on Thursday also in prayer and I'd encourage you to set aside some time, if you're able, to spend time in prayer with God's people this Thursday and next Thursday. Don't just come this Thursday and then forget about it. <laughs> but as you read Paul's words in Philippians, what drives this kind of prayer and what's built into this command to not be anxious but to pray is praise. Paul just got finished saying, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. And that led him into, Do not be anxious about anything. Also, if you consider how he words things by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Praise is a big part of what quiets our soul. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And this, after all, is a song, Psalm 131. It's something that is to be sung. It was something that was sung by Israel. And by it, they celebrated the quiet and the calm that they experienced in worshiping God. The third thing that ties these two things together is David's command to all Israel to hope in the Lord. 
We are in these times together, and as we shared last week and don't need to expand so much this week, we cannot possibly grow to maturity apart from fellowshipping with one another. Though we are called, like David, to work at calming and quieting our soul, we do not work in our own strength. We are like Isaac, as it says in the book of Galatians. We are children of promise. We are from the Jerusalem above, which is free. Paul goes on to say, that Jerusalem, she is our mother. In ourselves, we are barren ones with no labor pains of our own by which we can please God and win his approval. But the Spirit groans in us. He zealously labors for Christ to be formed in us. So we rejoice in our Father's love. Like newborn infants, like newborn babies, we long for that pure spiritual milk because we have tasted that the Lord is good. Our hope is in Jesus. No one has ever dealt with the chaos he took on himself when he came to serve and die for our sins. No virus, no pandemic has, has or ever will measure up to our sins and God's wrath afflicted on him. Yet he knew how to quiet his troubled soul. In the wilderness, when tempted by Satan, he meditated on the word of God in the wilderness. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he submitted himself through pray, praying for the will of God to be done in his life. And third, when his soul was troubled in John 12, as it records it there, he set himself apart for the glory of God to be seen in all people through offering up his life for others. So these three things, his own meditation on the Word of God, his submitting himself in prayer to the will of God, and offering himself up for the work of God to be done in the lives of others, is the way Jesus calmed and quieted his soul. It's the way he hoped in God and hoped in the Lord. Because the Lord's ultimate purpose is that his name might be proclaimed in all the world, that his glory might fill the world, and this won't happen without the word of God, the prayers of God's people, and the people of God offering themselves up for the purposes of God in this world. God aims to work through us for his kingdom to be extended. He doesn't need us. He's not handicapped by us. But he aims to work through us. That is the privilege of becoming a partner with God, formerly an enemy, but now a partner with him. As Israel journeyed to Jerusalem to celebrate God, we celebrate Jesus who journeyed to earth to die so every barrier might be removed and we might receive his spirit by whose power we can mother our souls in the storm to be calm, to be quiet, to be filled with hope in the God who will never leave us, never abandon us, never fail us, never forget us, and never take away from us all he has promised us and given us in Christ Jesus. 
Israel went to Jerusalem. We are the new Jerusalem, and God condescends to us to sing over us, to live inside of us. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. How do you quiet your soul and keep it calm? How do you hope in the Lord? It's by taking promises like that and meditating on them, committing them to memory, praying them back to God, and rejoicing over the God who gives those promises and asking that his spirit might work in us his perfect will and that those promises might shape our character to be like Jesus and that our hope would rest solidly in the Lord in times of chaos that we're presently in. May God bless and keep you.